podcasting from Baldwin, New York. Welcome to the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast, bringing you everything Baldwin Athletics, including news, game breakdowns, analysis, interviews, and much, much more. Prepare for the laughs, hot takes, hard questions, and everything in between. Now, here are your hosts, ready to dive into everything Bruins sports, Yao Bonsu and Tyler Brown. Alongside Yao Bansu, I am Tyler Brown, and today we have a huge slate of Bruins athletics to cover, which includes all the games from this past week. Our featured athlete of the week is newly named Girls Varsity Cheering Captain, Kalia Shiverton. On top of that, the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast had the opportunity to go to Baldwin Senior High School's pep rally and conduct a staggering nine interviews. Yao and I interviewed one athlete from each fall varsity squad as well as conducted a bonus interview with Baldwin's Athletic Director, Mr. Ramirez, putting our total interviews for this episode at a whopping 10. All that and more will be jam-packed into what will be a stacked fourth episode of the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast. Now that we've gotten that out the way, we would like to tell you guys the recap of all the scores from this past week. Yao, can you please give them a recap? Starting things off with boys soccer, Baldwin would fall to Port Washington in what was a real tough game, but Anthony Ramos would notch his first varsity goal of the season. Shout out to him. And now with girls soccer, Baldwin fell to East Meadow 1-0 in what was also a real tough game. But with girls field hockey, Baldwin fell to Locust Valley 3-0 earlier in the week, but would bounce back with a 3-2 win against Clark. Diana Mears scored one goal and had one assist, while Abby Wong would also have one goal on her own. Looking at girls volleyball, Baldwin would win in four sets to Wheatley in what was a non-conference game, and with boys football, they would go 1-1 on the week, with Baldwin losing 25-35 to Plainview JFK, but bouncing back in their homecoming game with a 33-7 win against Hicksville. Isaiah Place would score two receiving touchdowns, Kenny Ojikiri would score one receiving touchdown, and Sage Burke would notch yet another interception. Girls Tennis would notch yet another win with a 7-0 clean sweep against Carey. That win marked their fifth on the season and their fourth clean sweep of the year. And lastly with Cross Country, Boys Cross Country faced Port Washington, Harrickson Playview with a standout performance by Adam Garcia who showed improvement while being Baldwin's third fastest runner on the day. And now looking at their girls, they would face Section 8 teams, with no placement of course, with Marcella Figueroa keeping consistent pace through the rain. After what was a short week in Bruins Athletics, that was your recap of all the scores from Wednesday to Saturday. But now we shift gears to our featured game of the week, which takes us to Girls Varsity Field Hockey's 3-0 loss against Locust Valley. Tyler, give us a breakdown of this game. Today for our featured game of the week, we'll be diving into girls varsity field hockey's 3-0 loss against Locust Valley. I don't want this to come off as if I'm bashing the girls field hockey team, because they are a very good team and show promise for the future, with amazing stars like Alexis Stegmuller, Tess Ferguson, Dana Elcock, and the list continues. And every game, win or loss for any team that plays in a sport is a learning experience. The girls' field hockey team played as if they were in a rush right out the gate, right when the game started. They played too aggressive and needed to slow down the pace. Many times, Bowden could have taken over the game if they just slowed everything down and didn't rush up the field. Field hockey is clearly not my sport, and like most things, I can tell that this looks easier than it actually is. This sport takes a lot of patience, IQ, and strategy. 
that the casual person wouldn't understand, but as I was watching, I saw many times where the midfield is wide open for a potential goal, but the pass was overlooked. In the first half, the defense was solid. As a matter of fact, the defense was solid the whole game. Even though the team may have let Locust Valley get close to the goal, they still defended very well with saves from players like Alexis Stugmuller and Sienna Gibson, and also a crazy eight saves from Leanna Sullivan, the goalkeeper. These girls clearly know how to play defense at a high level and only let the score get to where it was at the end because of the reason I will explain later. Now, this is why I think the girls' field hockey team lost this game. From the sideline watching, it felt as if after Locust Valley got their first goal, the girls slowly started to lose energy and just didn't want to play anymore. They didn't play with heart. Their body language was all off, and it seemed as if the players didn't want to play anymore. Because they just slowly and slowly played with less heart and less effort, the score got to where it was, 3-0. I believed that we could have won that game, but that's just me watching from the sidelines. And like I said earlier, every game is just a learning experience. Even if you take a loss or even if you win, you're going to learn something from that game. And this was the breakdown of the girls' varsity field hockey's 3-0 sad loss against Locust Valley. Thank you, Tyler, for that in-depth analysis of girls' varsity field hockey's loss against Locust Valley. But now we shift gears to our featured athlete of the week. She's a junior. She is the newly named girls' varsity cheerleading captain. It is Miss Kalia Shiverton. Today with me, I have Kalia Shiverton, who is a varsity cheerleading captain. By the way, we just got picked as captain yesterday. And I have a few questions for you. Can you please answer these questions for me? Yeah. Okay. All across the globe, people have different ideas about cheerleading, and sadly, a lot of people believe that cheerleading is not a sport. How much work do you put in and explain to the people that cheerleading is a sport? Okay, well, for one, cheerleading is definitely a sport, and whenever somebody tells me that um, cheerleading isn't a sport, I generally tell them to do a round-off back handspring and a tuck, and then continue to tell me that it's not a sport. Wow. Um, it definitely requires a lot of teamwork and hard work to bring a routine, a full three minute routine with a cheer, a dance, and stunting and a pyramid together. So it does require a lot of hard work. Um, sometimes we go until 9, 9.30 practicing. So like I said, it's a lot of work and it does require a lot of practice. That's actually really crazy. But you've been, che you've been doing cheer for three years now, this being your third. Mm -hmm. What has driven you to continue cheerleading all this time? Um, honestly, um, being captain, like I've always wanted to lead this team since like my first day of that winter tryout. Like I just, I've danced before and it's just not the same like as cheer like this. I feel like, like you're more of a team, you're more together. And like, I just love like stunting, dancing, like just being able to hype people up, like all of that. Like it just feels like good to me. Like it feels natural. Mm-hmm. Cheerleading is a very misunderstood sport. Like, can you please break down the positions for everybody that's listening right now? Okay. So the flyer is known as the person that goes up in the air. They generally do most of the quote-unquote tricks. So, like, the turns, the extensions, um, something as simple as even, like, a lid, which is putting one leg to another leg. Um, the back, um, very simple. You help with most of the um, stunts. You, you're basically there for support, and the base, you're basically there for support as well. There's two different bases, the main base, which is on the right, and the secondary, which is on the left, but all the whole entire base group, back and both bases, they all support the flyer as a whole. I really did not know that. Thank you for telling me. 
cheerleading isn't just cheering for the football team and for the basketball team. You guys actually have competitions all the time. Mm-hmm. How is Coach Liz preparing you, you girls for the competitions later in the school year? Well, we did go to camp over the summer. It's a UCA cheer camp, which not only prepares <coughs> us for um, both regionals and nationals, but the county competitions. So we go to camp and we learn a whole bunch of new stunts, um, a rally dance, and a whole bunch of new cheers, which we apply not only to our competition cheers, but also to our football and basketball cheers. And then we have a set choreographer, which we will be doing choreography next week. Um, And we just do more stunts there and help put together a routine. And then we do also go to tumbling classes. So that's where we get all our flips and tricks from. And we just put the whole thing together and we perform at all the competitions. That's great. That's great. I heard that, as I said earlier, I heard that you got selected as captain yesterday. How did you feel after you got that great news? I felt I felt like accomplished because it has been something I've been dreaming of since I did start cheering. Obviously, my freshman year when I started, I knew that I had a lot of work to put in, and it just feels like my hard work finally paid off in the end. Yes, indeed, indeed. But now that you're the top dog and represent the cheer team, how will you go about the responsibility of being the captain? Um, I think... It really is just a matter of bringing the team together as a whole. Like I said, cheer does require a lot of teamwork being together. So, you know, any little um, miscommunications, um, injuries, like that could really, that could really um, affect the team as a whole. So I plan like, you know, fundraisers, team bondings, even pep rally practices, like you just really need to be able to hold the whole team together. And I think like that's really what I'm gonna have to try and do as well as my other fellow captains, Kellyanne and Danae. We're all just gonna have to work together, really just try and make the team a whole. I know you guys can definitely do it. Homecoming is right around the corner. Actually, homecoming is tomorrow. How are you and the other cheerleaders been preparing for this massive school event? Tons and tons of game prep. We've been reviewing the cheers every second we can, even practicing at home. We've been reviewing all our camp stunts and cheers that we learned. Like I said, we did go to camp. And we've just finalized our perf- halftime performance and pep rally performance, so we'll be excited to show you guys that. A follow-up question to that one. How excited are you, actually for homecoming? Because I know that I'm very excited for it. I'm actually really excited because I did do the music, and it like the music goes really well with our stunts and dance so I'm really excited for you guys to see I definitely want to see that what are your goals for cheerleading this year definitely to get my back handspring Um, I've been trying to get it since like freshman year but tumbling is a hard skill to acquire so it does take a lot of practice and honestly to just keep working hard and try and be more sharper with my motions and just be better cheerleader overall even though you are a junior and you still have another year, what is your proudest moment while being a cheerleader for Baldwin? Definitely uh, my first year on the competition team, which is last year. Just being on the mat and just showing um, all the other cheer teams like what you, what you can do, all your skills. It's definitely a different level of energy than regular basketball or football games. This is the last question. We love asking our athletes, what is your favorite part about representing Bolden for the cheer team? Definitely the spirit and the games. I love showing school spirit, especially at the games, the cheers and the little dances that go along with the band. It's definitely the most exciting, especially the preparation for the games, like just the whole team coming together 
and just hyping each other up for the preparation. It's definitely exciting. Great, great, great. Um, I'm ready for homecoming. I know you are too. And thank you for being on our episode of, or the fourth episode of our podcast. And thank you, Claire, for being here. No problem. Also, don't forget to buy cookie dough. We are selling until the 11th. And if you want pep, want us to do powder puff um, with the football team, definitely don't forget to buy a cookie dough. $18 a box for 48 cookies. Thanks. Well, you guys heard it here first. Powder puff is definitely something I would personally like to see return to the high school. Once again, thank you to Kalia for joining the show, and be sure to buy your cookie dough. It tastes good. I'm buying a box myself, so make sure you go look for a cheerleader if you're interested in buying one. But now, Tyler, what is next up on the show? Like we said earlier in the show, we had the opportunity to go to Baldwin Senior High School's pep rally and interview one athlete from each fall varsity team. To start off our interviews, Yao will interview the name McCready first. And now we are joined with our first guest out of the eight we have today at Pep Rally. It is girls varsity cheerleading captain, Danae McCready. Danae, how are you today? I'm great. All right, you were newly named cheerleading captain a few days ago. How does it feel to be called upon to lead your squad? I feel so honored because I've been on the team for four years, so this is my last year. So I get to lead. I'm just happy. And with cheerleading, with all the lifting, flipping, spinning, and everything that cheerleading consists of, what is the toughest part about being a cheerleader? Um, adrenaline. But, like, like once you have your adrenaline up, there's no stopping you from then. So you're good. And obviously, I've known you since you are basically a little kid. I've seen the pictures of you with your pom-poms at PAL cheerleading since a young age. Where did that interest of cheerleading come from? Um, seeing cheerleaders on TV, I used to watch the movie Bring It On. So all that just made me want to be a part of it. All right, and this year, this week we had a short week. Wednesday was Twin Day, Thursday was Character Day, and obviously today's Blue and Gold. If you got to choose the days for Monday and Tuesday, what would you make them and why? Um, I would do Pajama Day for one, and for the second one, a costume. All right, all right, all right. And tell me your favorite part about Homecoming Week. My favorite part about homecoming is getting to perform and seeing all the other athletes perform and everybody showing their school spirit. And lastly, tell me how many push-ups you think you're going to do with the football game tomorrow. Um, hopefully as many as possible. We want to win. All right, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Bye. And here with me, I have Tess Ferguson from the field hockey team. Tess, the girls' field hockey team was the second team to come out the field, and you guys are having a blast today. How much fun are you and your teammates having right now? Yeah, we're very excited. We've got a game later today. Um, it's looking good for us, and I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for having me. That's great. That's great. I have a kind of fun question for you. How did you feel when you were named Pod Star of the Week very recently? Oh, I was very excited to hear that. It was honestly, it was, it was honestly an honor. Um, I love, I love supporting everything the school does. So I'm so glad, so glad to have been here. To stay, to try to stay on topic of Bowden Sports, what is your mindset for your game against Clark later on today? Uh, we're very excited. Uh, I think our team has great chemistry. We've gotten off to a bit of a rough start. But um, it's honestly only up from here. Very excited. Yeah, for your game today, what will you guys try to emphasize as like a style of play? Um, we definitely have a very strong defense, and we're trying to emphasize our more of our offensive skill. So I'm very excited to see how it turns out, and I think it'll work out for us. That's great. I wish you guys the best of luck. This team has a lot of potential and talent. Even through, the, even though the season isn't going the exact way you guys wanted it to, would you like to speak on the talent and the strength of your team? Uh, yes, actually. I'm surrounded by so many talented girls. Um, they're all so enthusiastic to be here, and I think we have such great chemistry as a team. So I think once we really pull it together and put that chemistry to good use, we're only doing good things. 
That's a great answer. Thank you, Tess Ferguson, for being here, and I wish you the best of luck for your game. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Our third interviewer today will be girls varsity cross-country runner, Janon Georges. Janon, how are you today? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. With one more meet left in your regular season on October 10th, what do the ladies on your team, such as Marcella Figueroa, Farrah Bruno, Shania Treasure, as well as yourself have to do to make sure Baldwin beats success standards-wise? Um, honestly, we have to really cut down our times a little bit more. Um, if we want to make, you know, state qualifiers and everything. But honestly, we need to just support each other as a team because it's more, it's definitely more of a team race than individual. And obviously, as a soccer player, I can't even survive the one lap that we do for warm-ups. How does one wake up and have the energy, mental toughness, and endurance to run as much as you guys do? Honestly, it's support. It's, it's like we said, it's a mental race. But we also have, like, support from each of our teammates they always tell you you can do this and you can that's the reality of it what is the craziest thing that you that you've ever done running wise whether it's been in practice or in a meet um guide my friend while running because she we had a race and it was pouring rain and she couldn't see through her glasses so she had to run with her eyes closed and describe for me your love for running it's a love-hate relationship like you know the reward after it is definitely the thing I love the most but you know working hard all the time it's definitely the hate <laughs> and can you give me a score prediction for tomorrow's game uh, gonna have to find out all right thank you for joining <laughs> me on the podcast thank you here with me today I have Diane Guricocha who is a varsity girl soccer player Diane so far you guys aren't having the best season possible but you guys definitely show off your talents and potential what do you guys think you guys need to improve on to have the best season um, so I think we have to improve more on communication in the field and just getting the ball in the back of the net so that it could make us win more games this season. Of course, of course. The recent coaches for girls varsity soccer was Coach Byrne and Coach Rogers. How have those two coaches helped you help shape your character and what have they taught you as a person? Um, as a person, they taught me to like always um, encourage my teammates and put forth all my effort out in the field and to always, you know, give out motivation for other girls too and set an example. Diane, you are a senior for Bowdoin High School, which means this is your last year playing for Bowdoin. What will you miss most about weapon the blue and gold? I'm going to miss definitely the girls and just representing Baldwin as a whole and um, just, you know, being in high school and playing school ball. True, true. Also, what is your favorite part about playing with Bruins? Just to end on a positive note. Um, my favorite part is just, you know, um, being with my teammates and because they're also classmates and just winning games. And yeah, that's my favorite part. Thank you, Diane, for sharing your time with us, and good luck against, thank good you. luck with your next game against Ayase. Okay, thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our fifth interview of the day is no other than my captain, Mr. Sean Campbell. Sean, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for being on the show. And obviously, the boys' soccer season it hasn't gone up to the best of standards. But as a captain, how do you keep the mentality of your team up, and how do you keep their heads up after all these bad games and mistakes? I think it just starts in practice and like after the game you just gotta like make sure they know that 
no matter what we're playing for, we, we got to play for each other and just play all the way, all night, all 80 minutes. And obviously, last year you missed most of the season with a quad injury. How does it feel to come back this season, be crowned a captain, and be that leader that we re- that we rely on? I mean, it feels good. Like you get to, play. I, I missed last season. I was devastated. Now watch us like lose and not play well. So I'm happy to be here. The outcome is still not the same. It still hasn't changed, but it's just fun to play with my boys again. And tell me what your favorite part about being a Bruin has been these past three years. Probably all the challenges we've had. Lots of um, injuries. Teammates are always yelling at each other, but it's great. We're just always building from it. It's like that's how we that's how we work. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And would you like to see a homecoming soccer game instead of football? Sometimes I would love to see a homecoming soccer game. I bet that would bring a big crowd and it would definitely help animate the team. What do you think it would take to get to that point? I don't know. You gotta you gotta win first of all, and then maybe get maybe the headboard Ramirez, someone on top with us. All right. Yes, sir. Thank you for joining us on the show. Thank I appreciate you for and here for one of our next interviews, we have Nicolette Carrion, who is captain of the varsity tennis team. Nicolette, you are a captain of the tennis team along with yes. Kayla McKenzie. And I have a question. How do you handle the workload of being a figurehead for the tennis team? Honestly, it does take a lot, but I already do a lot of things in the school. It's definitely different because the tennis team, we have freshmen and sophomores because there's only one varsity team. So it's a lot different because you have really have to handle the freshmen, the sophomores, maybe there's drama or something else going on. You have to really get them involved. They're not as mature. There's, there's a lot of things that's involved in not only, being a captain is not only being about a captain on the field, but in school too, and guiding and directing people. So it does take some time, but I still love my team anyways. Yeah, you really have to be an influence to those younger girls. <laughs> you girls have been playing extremely well with a couple clean sweeps this season. How do you girls go about staying focused on the bigger picture and staying in a competitive spirit? I think it's all about being committed and yeah, like you said, focused. So showing up to practice, working hard, doing a bunch of drills, conditioning, everything, it all matters, it all counts because we can have fun, but we also have to be ready for the court and ready for our competitors. So it's something that sometimes we went away from us, sometimes we are stronger. So you know, tennis is a mental sport, but we're really working on keeping that mental strength. That's great, that's great. Your last match was on the 27th, which was against Plainedge because the Clark game that was supposed to be on Wednesday got canceled. You guys won in a 7-0 clean sweep. How important is it for you guys to carry this momentum? Oh, extremely important. Like I just said, like tennis is a mental sport. It's all based on how how ready you, how much a competitor you are, how ready you are to win, and having that energy already and that passion is going to carry out. Like today, we have a game against. K- um, carry and last time we beat them 7-0 I'm hoping the same thing today of course of course you are a senior at Bowdoin High School and sadly you're going to graduate how does it feel to know that you have left a big impact on these girls in your team it's actually kind of crazy because I remember being a freshman thinking the same thing I was like wow like seniors are so old going to college already or something you know and now I'm in that position and it's kind of crazy to see how much influence you have on people like people that don't even know you that well they're like hey Nicolette what's up and it's kind of funny, but I think it's really, it's really cool. That's great to hear. It's great to hear. All right, Nicolette, take care and enjoy the rest of your homecoming. Okay, thank you so much. We are here at our seventh interview, Miss Brianna Esberg, girls varsity volleyball player. Brianna, how are you today? I'm really good. Thank and obviously, you. you don't sound very tired after the absolutely banging performance you guys had. You guys did a whole bunch of dances. You guys probably had the best dance of the day. <laughs> how did it feel out there thank dancing you. with your girls? It was amazing. Like I really love my team. We really. This is kind of a last-minute thing, you know, really pulled through. Yeah, you really did. And going back on the court, you have, you have been named along with Ava Bendel, who I interviewed earlier, 
You have been named a top 50 volleyball player on Long Island by Newsday. How did you feel to deserve that, to earn that recognition? Honestly, it felt great. Like, I looked and I saw myself like, I'm really proud of what I've done this year. I really thought I could do it and I did it and I'm proud of myself for it. And the volleyball team has been one of Baldwin's more successful teams in the fall. How does it feel to be off to a hot start and what can your team do to make sure you guys make a deep playoff run? It feels great. Our de defense is there. We we play well together and the team is really mold together, play together as a team. The energy is there. We could really take it this year. And how do you feel about the idea of a homecoming volleyball game? Homecoming volleyball game. Yeah. How'd you feel about that? Great. Like that's that's fire. Would you would you want to see it come to Baldwin? Of course. Yeah, that would be amazing. What do you think it would take? We'd have to win. I mean, and you I guys are winning. I mean, maybe you're senior, you're a junior now. Maybe your last year playing volleyball, you can make it happen. Of course. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on the show. I wish you the best of luck in your season. Thank you. And have a good one. Lastly, but clearly not least, I have with me boys varsity football running back Andrew Dakota. Andrew, even though homecoming brings out all the sports teams that are in season right now, me and you both know the most important team right now is boys football. Homecoming is tomorrow, and I would like to know how are you guys personally, mentally preparing yourselves for this game? Um, we just working hard in practice, watching film on the other team, trying to figure out and know what we're doing on defense to stop them on offense, and you know, working hard in practice. That's really it. Of course, that's a good answer. How have how is coaches how have the coaches and Coach Carroll put the pressure on you guys for this game? Because this is a very big game. Well, they told us it's a must-win game, and we know we cannot lose this game tomorrow. It's our homecoming. We starting off slow. We're on 0-3 right now. We need a win. We need to get on the winning board, the winning column. So this is a must-win game, and they let us know that. Of course. This game, as you just said, this game represents us as Baldwin and us as fans. This is a must-win for us. We are cheering for you guys from start to finish, no matter what the score is. How big of a role do crowds play when you guys are playing on that field? Crowds play a big role, especially when it comes down to the fourth quarter, when we need their energy. We need we need to feed off the crowd's energy sometimes to get us hyped. And to, even when you're tired, when you, when you get the crowd's energy in, you just keep going and keep pushing. All right, last question I have for you. A few games ago against Plainview JFK, you had three rushing touchdowns and one track to breaking the rush, the rushing yards record for Baldwin. How important is it for you to keep this momentum and apply it to the game tomorrow? It's very important. You know, we got to come out and perform just like we did against Plainview, but we got to finish this time. And I'm not really too fo focused on breaking a school record. I'm more focused on getting a win and getting the winning board. So, you know, that's what our coaches, the team, us as a team, that's what we're, we're going to go out and do tomorrow. Of course, Andrew. That was the last question I had for you. We are all, everybody that is in the bleachers right now, wishing you the best of luck for the game tomorrow. I hope you guys win. All right, thank you for having me. All right, in a bonus interview here, we have Baldwin's athletic director, Mr. Ramirez. Mr. Ramirez, how are you today? What's up, guys? Thank you for having me. And obviously, the pep rally, homecoming, the homecoming football game, none of this would be possible without you. No. What has been your favorite part? Uh, the students. It's always the students, and it's not. it, it doesn't happen without you guys. All I, My only goal in life is I want to be a pod star. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that's a jab at the pod star of the week. Obviously, you know, I mean, I guess we'll keep the name then if that's okay with you. Uh, I love it. And 
obviously you've been the athletic director for many, many years. What has been some of the highlights of your time here? To be honest, the highlights is just watching you guys grow, uh, watching the greatness that you do while you're here, but more importantly, when you guys come back and you share stories of what you've done after high school, it makes me feel like we're doing the right thing, and uh, that's always a positive for me. So yeah. I'm looking forward to big things from these guys that are, that are doing this right now, you and everyone else involved. In yeah, this. thank you. Obviously, stuff like the podcast, it wouldn't be possible without you. And obviously, before every season kicks off, you have a season meeting between all the athletes. But this year, you highlighted that there are some big changes coming to Baldwin in the next three to five years. What can you tell us for now about what those changes will be? All I can tell you is that uh, our Board of Education, our superintendent, our administration, our community values athletics. And they got some things in store for you guys. Uh, and for those that are graduating, please realize that it would not be possible with the thing unless it was for you guys that came through here and built up the program. Um, but in the next five years, you're going to see uh, a different face to the Baldwin Athletic Program, and it's, it's going to be a good change. All right. Well, obviously, you build on the people that came before you, and obviously none of this would be possible without the past athletes before me and the athletes that are coming after me. So obviously, those changes will be crucial to Baldwin. And lastly, can we get a prediction on what the score will be tomorrow against Hicksville? No, that would be, for me, that would be disrespectful. All I expect is uh, for, for the athletes out there, our Bruin athletes, to give it 100%, uh, show the character, the leadership, and the, and the perseverance that they always have. And if they do that, the score will be what we want it to be. We'll come out on the winning side. Yes, sir. Thank you for joining the show. I look forward to having you on the show once again real soon. Thank Bru you, Mr. Mills. Brewing for life, baby. Yes, sir. All right, and after those 10 interviews in one episode alone, we now move to our pod star of the week. Yes, after Mr. Ramirez confronted me about it, I can no longer make fun of it. And we're going to stick with it for the rest of the year. So now we would like to highlight no other than varsity boys football wide receiver, Mr. Isaiah Place. When I covered boys football's game against Plainview JFK, one thing I put a heavy emphasis on was the fact that Isaiah was not getting the ball enough, or at least that's what some people in the crowd were saying. And that was understandable, you know, Baldwin, they're a run-first team, they split quarterbacks, you know, they have a running quarterback, you have a predominantly passing quarterback, all of that is understandable. But in this homecoming game, Baldwin, when they passed the ball, they made the defense pay. In a 33-7 W, whenever Isaiah was targeted, he made the defense pay. One of his touchdowns, I believe, was a corner fade to the corner of the end zone. And then the other, he absolutely outran the defense when he caught the ball. And Isaiah, he is a dominant player. This is what I'm saying. You need to get Isaiah the ball because he will make defenses pay. Why is he our pot star of the week? Well, two receiving touchdowns on the day. He's not six feet for no reason. He makes the defense pay with his strength, his size, and his athleticism. All of that combines him to be our pot star of the week. It even came to the point where I went up to him after a game and immediately asked him to be on the podcast to talk about his season, his dominant play, and how it feels to be really one of the Bruins' target men on the field. All that and more combines him to be our pod star of the week. And now as we pass the half hour mark in our fourth official episode of the podcast, we only have one more deal of business to complete and that is the upcoming events for everything happening at Bruin Sports in the next week. We kick things off with boys soccer, who will face Hempstead on October 7th and Plainview on October 11th in what will be their last home game of the season. Girls soccer will play Syosset on October 7th and will also play Plainview on the 11th. Girls varsity field hockey will play Garden City on October 10th and Massapequa on October 12th. 
Girls Volleyball will have one game this week on October 7th against Seaford. Same thing for boys football, who will go to Freeport's homecoming and face them against one of the best teams, not only in the county, but on Long Island. Girls Tennis will face Oyster Bay on the 7th, Carl Place on the 11th, and to cap things off, boys and girls cross country will face all Section 8 teams on October 10th in what will be their last regular season meet. And that concludes our very lengthy episode of the Bald and Bruin Sports Podcast. Even though we know this was a long one, if you're still listening, we appreciate your support. And do not forget to subscribe, follow, and by any means necessary, support us by keeping up to date with what we do. Next week, Yao will sit down with girls varsity tennis player Adriela Ramos to talk about her chemistry with doubles partner Paris Jameson, what it's like to juggle tennis with all her other responsibilities, how tennis has affected her, and much more. Thank you for listening in on this edition of the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast. Be sure to follow us on all streaming platforms. Check us out on Instagram at Bruins Podcast. Join us next time for more news, analysis, interviews, and everything Baldwin Sports.